0: And so, uh, we want to welcome you to be with us today, and we hope that so far you've been blessed by what we've done. Triumph, majesty, and dominion, the victory that was won by Jesus Christ. If you will stand with me in honor of the reading of God's Word, we'll only read one scripture and then we'll pray. Here's what the Word of God said from Second Peter 1.16, For we have not followed, now think about what he's saying here, for we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of His majesty. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the Word of God. We pray that you'd open our eyes that we could see, and our ears that we could hear, and our heart that we can understand what the Word of God would say to us today, and then may we be changed. May we apply it to our lives so that we can be changed into the image of your dear son. Jesus, we thank you for speaking, and we ask you to continue to speak through your word, revealing to the Holy Ghost what we need to know, do, demonstrate, and understand. And as you reveal that, we will receive it and release it to your people, and from that we will be blessed, we will be corrected, we will find guidance, we will find direction, we will find answers From the spirit world and the word of God that will lead us into the depths of truth of which you have designed for us. We give you praise and honor and glory for all of it in the lovely name of Jesus Christ who is our high priest, our Lord and our man in the Godhead. Amen and amen and you may be seated. Last week was a marvelous moment. As Tim Epling shared with us the majesty that is in the presence of God, what a wonderful thing it was to see and to hear about what it was like for him in the middle of his um, dire situation to be able to be in that majesty what a what a it's it go it's just words struggle and that's why i think as he goes through sharing his story he's always going to struggle with time because (laughs) putting it into a capsule in 30 minutes or 40 minutes or so forth is just not possible Because the majesty of Jesus Christ and the majesty of the Father is so awesome and so great. So, last week, before Tim, we talked about triumph. And we talked about what Jesus did to triumph over the devil. And in so doing, we know that He brought out of heaven everything and anything that had been stolen. And that He could plunder. And I know that you heard me preach this, uh, pray this morning, and you heard me say something that had to have struck up a thought in your mind when I said that when we come into prayer and we take our plunder from the natural world and we lay it before Jesus, that's something we never consider. We never consider the trouble of the natural world. We are just. Praying about the things that are weighing on us. But we don't see them accurately. We don't understand them accurately. So therefore we come to God and we make prayer. When in reality we should be presenting plunder. We should be presenting out of our natural world the things that we are laying before Him. Think about it. We should be plundering the natural things that are weighing on us, and instead of maintaining them as a weight, we should be casting our care on Him, for He cares for us. That's a different position in prayer. That's, and now, how does that occur? Well, it occurs because of the majesty that is in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, as we look into that majesty, I would imagine that you ask yourselves a lot of time. why does the pastor say and preach the things he says and preaches? Why is it that, that he doesn't do three points in a poem like everybody else does? Hmm. Why doesn't he just get up and tell a few nice stories like everybody else does? Why doesn't he just illustrate everything and make it what we call application preaching? Why doesn't the pastor do that? Well, my friend... If application preaching worked, if three points in a poem worked, if getting up and giving illustrations worked, our world would not be as crazy messed up as it is today. If that methodology of ministry worked, then our world would not be running to every piece of sin and to every lie and huddling up like cows under every negative narrative that they can possibly huddle up under to gather up a crowd to go along with stupid. We preach three points in a poem. We've had nothing that meant anything to anybody. I'm sure when you look into my podcast and you see that I'm getting ready to go into the 13th, 30-minute message on faith, that you would say, now wait a minute. How could anybody preach on faith in the same topic for 12 times and 30 minutes at a time and not exhaust it? Because it is inexhaustible. I can preach on it from now until I've still got 65 pages of notes on faith alone that I have not even begun to bring into the podcast. Why? It's inexhaustible, friend. The majesty of Almighty, God is inexhaustible. And when we put it under three points in a poem and we make sure we do it all in 20 minutes, what happens is the people go away, come in empty, they go away empty, they live empty, and the next thing you know, they are drawn away by their own lust, and the world goes mad. Think about it. So we cannot treat. The revelation of the Word of God and put it into these brief capsules that don't mean anything to anybody. That sound good, you know, those words that rhyme, that they preach about all the time. They use, take three words, they rhyme, and they say, Oh, that makes a great message. That'll, what do they say? That'll preach. But yet the people walk away as dead as four o'clock. I'm not interested in that. Never have been. The Word of God is the champion of the universe. Someone said, do you mean the Bible? No. I mean the Word of God. Jesus Christ, the majestic, triumphant One, who has dominion over all three worlds. He is the the Creator and the master of this universe. And He is the Word of God that divinely directs the movements of mankind who will listen to what He is saying. He is the Majestic One. Why do we know that? Because Paul told us so. Now, we to stop here and say this to you. This morning, I was sitting back in the office getting ready to put this up on so that, you know, there are 30-some tabs on this. As you know, I never get to them. I never preach those tabs on Sunday morning because the Holy Ghost won't let me. So I preach to you what the Holy Spirit tells me to share with you that you need to know, do, understand, and demonstrate. If you don't know those four things in a world that we live in, if you don't know what to do, what you need to know, what you need to understand, and what you need to demonstrate, you will surely fail in that world out there. So I began to sit back there, and the Holy Spirit showed me something yesterday on podcast that I said at the time, and I thought, hum, I, I never thought about that before. But as I sat back here this morning, he gave, he, She brought it back to my memory. So I'm going to share it with you. My friend, the majestic Son of God... Is a root that operates from a source. Now here's the problem in many of us. We do not understand the root of why we do what we do. We don't understand the root, the reason of why we do what we do. Nor do we understand why the things that we pray for are often left unanswered. To the point that we pray about them, and we say how how dire we are to have them. And then after a while, God doesn't do anything about it. You forget about it, and that dire need, you just drop. And we don't understand why. Because the majestic Son of God, the one to whom Peter said, is not coming to you from a cunning fable, but is coming to you by what we saw him do is sitting in heaven according to Hebrews chapter 4 and dividing the word Jesus Christ, the majestic one, is dividing your soul from your spirit and your thoughts from your very intentions and you are being laid open to him to find out what is the root. Now watch it now because that ain't where it stops. What is the source that the roots tapped into. Now you think on that just a second. If I go out and I plant anything in the ground, it will take root until it finds its source. When it finds its source, it will be nourished by its source. And the source will allow it to grow. It will allow it to become. I looked down in front of my house the other day, and growing in up under my house is a root from a tree that some knucklehead planted in our front yard. And it's growing under our house. It has already grown under our driveway until it buckled it all up and had to come in and redo it. What is the root looking for? A source. It's seeking a source. What will the source do? It will nourish it. As it finds the source, it will nourish it. Now I'm going to answer a question for you that you have wondered all of your life. Why does my faith not work like it should? Whenever you came supposedly out of the root of Jesse, when you came out of the root of the first fruit that lived holy, was pure was perfect, and you are from His root and supposedly operating from His source. But your faith isn't working for you. You're not being moved and blessed. You're not being given to. You're not being shown the divine revelation that comes out of the majestic Son of Almighty God, whom I might tell you rules in three worlds. He does not just rule in heaven. He does not just rule in earth. He rules in hell. Now, someone said, why is that important? Because Paul said in Ephesians chapter 4 that he led captivity captive. Why is that important to me, Mike? Because the gifts that went to hell by the rebellious ones were taken out of hell by Jesus. Paul makes it clear. He said, him that ascended also descended. And he led captivity captive, and he didn't stop there. He said he gave gifts unto men. Well, what are we talking about? Are we talking about what Paul identifies in the chapter as being apostles, evangelists, teachers, preachers, and all of that? Why? There were none of those in hell. He led captivity the benefits of the things that the rebellious had taken to hell and they became the plunder of which he took into the heavenly world. Now he is over heaven, he is over earth, and he is over hell. He is the majestic one. Now what is he going to do with those? He's going to give gifts to men. How's he going to do it? He's going to do it one of two ways. He's going to do it through an Ephesians 2.8 faith where you take grace and the blood and pack them, apply them by faith that is the gift of God. Or He's going to do it by Galatians 2.20 faith. For I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless the life that I now live, I live after after the, I said after, or by the faith of the Son of Almighty God of me and gave himself for me there are two different things here so now we look around and we see that the majestic one has all of the power and all of the authority but he must look into you and find out what your source is what is your source so you begin to pray about things what is your source Why is faith not working for you? Why is the one who has led captivity captive and has all of the plunder of hell and all of the authority of heaven not working for you? What is your source? Oh, Pastor, my mother does this to me all the time, and I say, just tell me what you're saying. What is your source? Why are you seeking the majesty? Why are you seeking the exalted one? Why are you looking into this thing and praying about it as if it is the will of God concerning you? What is your source? Well, let me tell you where most men operate from. They operate from a source of jealousy. They operate from a source where they would like to take what someone else has because it looks so good in their hand and they would like to take it away from them and have it themselves. They operate from a position of, uh, of being disobedient to the point that they they are jealous, they are angry, they are upset, they are willing to go after something someone else has because it would look better on me than it does on them. So they begin to pray about Now, God, I know that you gave so-and-so such-and-such. I know that they are saying they believed you. Now, why not me? Why am I not getting that out of you? Why, God, you said in your word you would do this, and I'm telling you this is what your word said. And Jesus Christ from His majestic position at the right hand of majesty, of whom we do not follow based on cunning fables because we know what Jesus Christ did. Out of compassion, Jesus Christ laid hands on the blind and they became well. He spit on the ground one time and changed the man's total DNA spit on the ground, rubbed it around, put it on his eyes, and the DNA of blindness left, and the DNA of sight was born. He looked at over 5,000 people one time who were all hungry and had followed him all day long. I don't know how many problems they had in that 5,000, and I don't know how many of them had multiple problems. All I know is the Word of God said he fed them and healed them all. Think about that. That's the God who we're dealing with. Now He comes to you and He says, you're praying to me, but as I in my majesty, in my exalted name, with all power and all authority, begin to dissect your spirit and your soul. And I begin to dissect your thoughts and your intentions. I'm finding out that your source is not me. Your source is not me. Your source is jealousy. Your source is covetousness. Your source is disobedience. You say, but God, wait a minute. I'm saved. Don't you ever think that the spirit of evil will not come into you and cause you to look out of these natural eyes and begin to covet and become jealous and disobedient about things that you see in the natural that you want. Don't you ever think. That's why the Word of God said that we needed to guard ourselves, resist the devil, draw near unto God, and He would draw near unto you. My friend, this life that we live under this exalted name of Jesus Christ is not a topical life. It is a complete life. It is an in-depth life, and it is a life of which you are laid naked, manifest before Him. You can't get over it. You can't get around it. You can't get through it. And it's why you ain't being blessed. It's why your faith isn't working. Now the blessings of God are plentiful. Paul told us that in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. He said, I have not seen or real third of the things which God has prepared for those who love Him. But He's got them. They're ready. They're ready to be revealed. What is the secret? And it comes out of His majesty. So here we are with this root, this root of bitterness, this root that says, I'm bitter because they got and I didn't, this root that says, I'm covetous, this root that says, I'm jealous. I don't know about you, but I've been in many churches, preached all over the country, as you well know, where jealousy popped up on many different accounts. They were jealous of the preacher. They were jealous of the music leader. They were jealous of the Bible teacher. They were jealous of sitting who sat over there and who sat over here. Back in the day, they used to be jealous about who could put their hair highest on their head. Foolish! And wondering why the world has been turned upside down with sin. Wondering why sin is running rampant in the street wondering why we're looking for safe havens because we have a source that is not the majestic one so jesus looks around and he says where from where are you feeding from where are you feeding because wherever you are feeding you are also eating. From wherever you are feeding, you are also eating. And if you are eating out of the root of bitterness, and you are eating out of the root of jealousy, and you are eating out of the root of covetousness, and you are re-eating out of the root of disobedience, and you are eating out of the root of anger and you are eating out of the root of lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, and the pride of life, my friend, your faith will not work. The majesty that is in Jesus Christ, and the victory of which he has won on your behalf, will lay as dormant as dormant can possibly be. He is the majestic one, my friend. He is the one, now watch what David said, or Isaiah said. Isaiah said that he was coming out of the root of Jesse. What does that mean? The majestic one was coming out of a source from which he was not only fed, but of which he was eating that led right back to the God of the universe. My friend, that's nothing unreasonable. Because Paul tells us in Romans 11 that you and I can operate from the same root. How do we do that, pastor? Why, how do we? Well, I'm going to tell you how you do it. I'm going to tell you how you do it. You walk in grace. You couple grace with all of the works of the blood. You then apply those works by faith. And when faith applies grace and the blood, all of a sudden something dynamic happens, and it's called the plan of salvation. Salvation begins to bubble up in you. Salvation begins to work out of you. What happens if you find deliverance? What am I delivered from? I'm delivered from the source that is the root that bears bitterness that keeps my faith from working. Now think on what I'm telling you. We get delivered from that source. Well, what is that source? Well, it's the power of the principality and the powers of darkness that work in high places. What did Paul say they would do? Paul said in Ephesians 6, they would make inroads into your mind. Huh? What? Wait a minute. They will make inroads into my mind? Absolutely. And what happens when your mind begins to feed itself off of thoughts from the powers and principalities of the air? What happens? The rulers of darkness in high places. All of a sudden, all of these things develop a root that goes deep into its source, and you get angry, and you get jealous, and you become disobedient. And you begin to want to covet everything someone else has. It doesn't matter what they have. I've watched people over the years when I was coaching because I've always had this uh, uh, middle, you know, that you can know I'm always talking to you on the level because i got the bubble in the middle. And I've watched coaches who would work with me, that would do everything they could to look like me. So they would eat more to gain weight, because they thought that if they gained more to look like me, maybe they could be what I am. You know that's stupid. I've watched people over the years do such foolish things as grow their hair. I, I had a friend of mine one time, who had another friend that he so adored that he dressed exactly like he did. Wore the same clothes, the same shoes, everything exactly like that man did because he equated that man's ability with what he wore. If I look like him, I'll be like him. How stupid. There's nothing that you're going to put into this outer man that is going to change the source of which you're tapping to into on the inner side, inside, because it will become an inroad into your mind and when it becomes an inroad into your mind. It will gain a root. And as that root develops, it will become a stumbling block of offense that will cause you to not get the things out of the majesty of which Jesus Christ is over and is the exalted name of Jesus and giving you exactly what it is that His image will produce in you, but you got the root in the wrong source. Huh. Got the root in the wrong source. It's just that simple. Paul said that your root... Should be in the source that is born out of the root of Jesse, and it is the first fruits of those who died and are resurrected. Where is your root today? You will never get to the majesty of what your faith can do until you get your source straight. What do I have to do, Pastor? Well, then I'll tell you it's very simple seek and search yourself. Paul said to do what with your salvation? Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Search yourself. Resist the devil. Draw nigh unto God and he will draw nigh unto you. This is not rocket science. Turn away the the sources that are hindrances. Lay down every weight of sin that doth so easily beset you. Some people have a weight that they don't even perceive as a weight. You know what that is? It's called doctrine. They don't perceive that doctrine as a weight. They don't understand that that doctrine is tapping them into a source. That it is not the depth of the source of Jesus Christ and His Word. So they live in a doctrine that is topical and they cannot figure out why when they're laid open before God and before Jesus Christ as He seeks them and searches them along with the Holy Spirit that their faith is not manifesting the things that they would like or even why they do the things they do. Well, my friend, your source has not tapped into the depths of the rivers of living water. Your source hasn't gone there. Your source stays in a place where the devil continues to make inroads into your mind and you have been satisfied with that. Why? Because you don't understand it. And you do the same thing everybody else does when it comes to faith and Christian living. You pray about it a while, you worry about it a while, and if God doesn't take it, your assumption is, well, this is the will of God for me, so you just go on and live in it. How foolish! How foolish! How foolish! Jesus Christ never lived one minute in sin. The only time He was in sin at all was when God put it upon Him. He did not live in it. Heard one preacher say one time, Well, if he never says sin, then I can't relate to him. Well, my friend, you're not understanding the word of God because Jesus Christ was the perfect sacrifice, it is the only way he could be the sacrifice. But God put sin upon him. Why did he put sin upon him? So that you and me could have a perfect sacrifice for the deliverance from sin, for the deliverance from the root that was a source that would drive us into shallowness, topicalness, that would drive us out of shallowness and into jealousy and angry and upset and discourse and discouragement and oppression and depression and all of those other things. Why? Because of doctrine. Because we don't understand. The word of truth. Someone said, well now pastor, you're talking about Ephesians 2.8 faith and Ephesians 3.2.20 faith. What, what are you talking about? Is there two different faiths? Absolutely there are. Absolutely there are. How do we know that? Well, if you knew the word of God, you would know that when Paul defined the gifts of the spirit, and it got down after he talked about wisdom, knowledge, discerning of spirits, The next thing he talked about was faith. There was a different kind of faith. All you have to do is read. Now watch what happens to that kind of faith. Paul said that faith brings you into an advantage. See, my friend, that's what we're living for. We're living this life to have an advantage. The Christian life is an advantageous life. It is a life that brings us into the eternity, that is now, until everlasting. We're coming from eternity now into everlasting. The majesty of Jesus Christ is giving us the root and the source to live a life that can produce faith and that can produce after the majesty of the Son of Almighty God. That can not only produce after Him, but can live in His image. My God, friends. But yet we live in things and call ourselves correct and fight and argue for the correctness of the things that are shallow. Fight and argue for the correctness of the things that keep us out of the majesty of Jesus Christ. He is the majestic one. Who Peter said, There's no fables about him. We have been an eyewitness of his majesty. Paul said that at that name, every knee would bow and every tongue would confess that Jesus Christ is the exalted Lord. Majesty, majesty. Where's your root? What are, you, what are you tapped into? Why isn't your faith working? Because if your root is tapped into the correct source, that source will produce. That source will produce. It will change you. It will transform you. It will bring you not only out of darkness, but into a kingdom of His dear Son. Not only into a kingdom of His dear Son, but if you are in the kingdom where He reigns, then everything that that source touches, look at heaven. There's a a tree of life, and there's a river of life. Everything that source touches is life. Your faith should live in life. Think about it. Your faith should live in life. The majestic one. The one who holds the complete power in all three worlds. The one who the devil knows that when his name comes up, he has got to bow the knee. Can you imagine what would happen if when the name of Jesus Christ, the source, came up in you and you tapped in to that and begin to feed off of it and begin to eat off of it and bow your knee, what would happen to your face? What you could produce? My friend, it's a majestic king of which we serve. So I'll ask you in closing today, where is your source? Where have you put your root? Where have you put it? What have you done with your root? You know the root you control. Paul plainly defines those two roots. If you go into Galatians chapter 5, he's going to define a root that operates off the 17 works of the flesh. Then he's going to drop down and he's going to define what those roots of the 17 works of the flesh operate from, lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, pride of life. But then at the end, he's going to tell you how your root will go into a source that will transform you. That that transformation from that root will bring you into love, joy, peace, goodness, gentleness, meekness, temperance, faith. Long-suffering. That's what this source is about. From that source, when you are tapped in, fed, and eating, you will walk in a love life like no other. Who will that love life be with? It will be with God, the Father, and the Son. It will be with everybody that you come in contact with. Where will peace come? Peace will come from God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and flow through you. Where will joy come from, pastor? The same place. And it will flow through you. Why? Because there is a majestic Son of God, of which we have seen, and Peter said we have been an eyewitness. Then we go over into the book of Hebrews in chapter 1, and we saw that majestic one as the brightness. And the very image of God. And He lives in you. He lives in you. Where is your source today? Now you head and close your eyes. Now Father, Father, I'm asking them to identify in themselves where their source is. Now, God, as they pray, I'm going to share with you what many of them are thinking. They are saying, I've been saved. But, God, you and I both know that salvation does not identify whether they have been sanctified. Now, Father, I'll say say it again they've been saved. But it does not identify whether they have been sanctified. For God in us are many things, many roots. There is not anything that just flows from one root. Those nine fruit of the Spirit, as you know, all have roots, and they are all tapping in to the source, they're digging and drilling. They go beyond those natural abilities, way beyond. They drill into the source, Jesus Christ. But Father, when one comes to Christ and fails to sanctify himself, he can operate in a root of bitterness. She can operate in jealousy. They can operate in fear. They can operate in doubt and unbelief. They can operate in all of those things that the devil brings into their mind. And they begin to think on. And they begin to say, yeah, I see that. And that root begins to find a source. Now Father, today as I pray for them, I'm asking them to be honest in their heart and in their mind. And to begin to draw back the root <coughs> that is trying to find another source other than Jesus Christ. To draw back that root. <coughs> to begin to cut that root off. And lay aside that weight. That is besetting you from being the man and woman of God that God called you to be. (coughs) You know it. You know it's there. I could call out a bunch of things, but you know it and you know it's there. (coughs) As I call to you today, God. I'm asking them from their spirit to go in with the Holy Ghost <coughs> and do the thing them that the Holy Ghost desires to do. Convict them and convince them. And then bring them into righteousness so that they can see the majestic victory of what Jesus Christ has done in their spirit man. And then go into their soul, into their mind, will, and emotion. Which is the genesis of the root. (coughs) And cut it off right there. At the genesis in your mind, will, and emotion. Now, here's how we do it. While you pray today, grace has been applied to you. It's already done. The blood was shed for you. Jesus bled as he broke his will. So apply the grace and the blood... From the Lordship that Jesus Christ has set up in you by saving you. See it in your spirit, man. And make Christ formed in you by grace and the blood. And apply faith. Right where you sit. How do I apply faith, pastor? I believe. I believe. I believe that this root... Of a spirit that is not of God. That has entangled my mind. I believe that the blood of Jesus Christ. When applied with grace. And my belief frees me from the captivity. Frees me and looses me. And makes me completely free and at liberty in my spirit man until i can tap into only one spirit and that is the spirit of jesus christ till i can only worship one spirit and be in one truth and that is the spirit and truth that is jesus christ grace and the blood now as having a paintbrush in your hand right now I want you to see that I want you to take your faith, and I want you to begin to apply faith to your mind, will, and emotion. I believe. I believe. I'm applying my faith. I'm changing my feeding source, and I'm going to eat from Him that is the Son of Almighty God. Stand to your feet now and lift your hands and praise Him for it. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. I'm new. I'm fresh. I'm no longer a captive. I'm no longer held in bondage. I'm not held in bondage to my own desires. I'm not held in bondage to doctrine. I'm not held in bondage to my past. I'm not held in bondage to anything that the principalities and powers of this air would bring against me. I'm free. I'm free in Jesus name. I'm free. I'm no longer a captive. I'm a total liberty. My cord and my root has been plucked up and now it is seeking the source, Jesus Christ. That's where it is. Thank you. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Now I want to speak to those of you that are on our media resources. You've heard the Word of God today. And it may be different than anything you've ever heard before. I don't know. And really and frankly, if you'll go into the Word of God and track this because you have the opportunity to listen to it again and again, you're going to find out that what I've told you is the truth of the Word of God. Now it doesn't make any difference except for one thing. What is the Holy Ghost saying to you right now? What is the Spirit of God saying to you? What's He saying about your addictions? What's He saying about the things that you know are binding you? The things that you know keep you from living a life of peace. They keep you from worshiping God in spirit and in truth. What's He saying to you? Now some of you are going to say, Yeah, Pastor, I'll have to think about this. Because do I want to give up the things that... I seem to enjoy in order to follow Christ and change this spiritual route. Well, my friend, it depends. Do you want peace? Do you want peace? Or do you want trouble? Do you want discouragement, oppression, and depression? Or do you want liberty? That's your choice. That's your choice. It'll come out of your inner man and work right through your soul. It belongs to you today. Now I'm going to pray for you. Now I want you to pray and agree with me that what I'm about to pray will manifest itself in your life. Father, free them in Jesus' name. Simply free them in Jesus' name. Go wherever they are because you are boundless, you are limitless, and you can go and show up wherever it is you are called into position. So I'm asking you today to be sent out of my mouth into those that are listening, that are desperate, that know there is a life of freedom but cannot find it however they have heard about it today. And to simply say, by grace and the blood, I believe. And may your presence so overcome them and overwhelm them That they will know that they know that they know. That there has been a new root planted. And it's been planted in the river of life. And that river of life has given them complete liberty. And then may they follow after you all the days of their life. In the lovely name of Jesus Christ, I pray. May it be so. May they believe. And receive. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. May God richly bless you with my prayer. Six uh, o'clock tonight will be on Facebook. 6.45 Wednesday night we'll be back in here with Bible study. And then Mike Springston FFC podcast. Join it. Subscribe. It'll bless you. May God richly bless you with my prayer. God bless you. Thank you so much for coming. We appreciate you. Do you have any kind of invitation for us? I think we're out, but uh, I passed on.